Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And uh, 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 on the road, just between Salt Lake City and Park City. Back and forth, back and back forth. Back and forth. Oh, you've been to Bear Lake and yeah. Logan, Northern Utah and Appalachian country. But boy, that's about to change. We're going to be uh, taking off for Europe. On Tuesday, and uh, we'll, I think we'll start broadcast in a few weeks from England and Switzerland. We'll be there doing some really interesting things. Number one, we've got a, a fantastic opportunity with our book, The Turning, which is the book about the decline of families over the last decade or two. The subtitle is Why the State of the Family Matters and What the World Can Do About It. Kind of a pretentious title. And, uh, <laughs> kind of expansive, but but it is true that the family situation in the world is scary and people are not realizing it, especially we're kind of in a little bubble here with lots of wonderful families doing terrific things and so on. But, wow, there's a lot of scary stuff going yeah, but on. Any, but anyway, we're going to be in Switzerland meeting meeting with 15 of the world's top experts on the trends of families, on birth rates, on on uh, the, the marriage rates, on uh, the whole gamut of statistical trends that affect families. And many of them are professors, some of them are demographers, some are economists. And it's all been called together by a wonderful film producer who is going to make a documentary film out of the book, The Turning. Maybe it, maybe it won't resemble the book. Who knows where, where the film will end up going. But we're excited because we think that the world, I'm going to overstate this and just get your, see how you react, Linda. You know, a lot of us are worried about global warming. Uh, I think we should be even more worried about the changes in families, people having fewer and fewer kids, people not marrying, people not valuing or prioritizing their children. And it undermines the economy, it undermines the entire idea of a responsible society that seeks to take care of itself and it basically undermines the basic unit of society and so it's a pretty worrisome thing and if this film turns out as good as we hope it does it'll start a conversation that isn't happening right now right i think we're going to try to do international not just the u.s that's why we have a lot of international people coming to this meeting but um Families are different according to where you live, but it, they're very scary in China where the nuclear family is torn apart because the parents are traveling, leaving the kids with the grandparents. And well, traveling because of the one-child policy. And the one-child policy, which is so sad because there's going to be no workforce in 20 years. But So we're off on a little tangent. Yeah. I, I don't know why it always takes us so long to get to the topic for today, but we will tune in the next step. Uh, three weeks and hopefully we'll be coming to you from Switzerland where we're having the summit and from England from London where we're doing some other work and some speaking. Now what we thought we would do today is talk about some ideas and I, I want to introduce this by saying when we're meeting with parents in different parts of the world a lot of times 
see if I say this right, Linda. People are, they're not so interested in philosophies or in theories or in sort of overviews or, or sort of big sweeping sort of um, feelings about what's happening in their family or whatever. I mean, what, what they really want, what I'm trying to say is what parents really want is ideas. They want, <clears throat> excuse me, they want specific how-tos that they can go home and try. Another way to say it is they almost want a recipe. It's like, I want to bake this family. I want to bake this cake. I want to, I want to create a good home. I want to make these kids into the best kids they can be. What's the recipe? How, what are the ingredients? How do I mix it? How do I make it happen? They want a recipe or an idea. And sometimes a single good idea, a single sort of clear thing that that a parent says I can try that I think that'll work for me I want to go home and try it right now I want to cook that recipe and see how it comes out oftentimes that makes a big difference in a family and spins off into other things um it's pretty amazing um and this is not actually your family is not like a recipe that you can bake in the afternoon and uh have it come out a beautiful cake in the evening um it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but if you have a way to accomplish some things that are driving you crazy with your kids or that you're worried about with your kids or that you want your kids to know just kind of one at a time, we thought it'd be fun to write our top 10 parenting ideas. We've been in this business for a long, long time. And um, we've seen a lot of ideas that don't work. <laughs> well, we've tried a lot of ideas. That <laughs> we've don't tried work. a lot of ideas I mean, that don't work. We are the author of a lot of ideas that don't work. But, but, I, but I want you to focus on that. The, th the thought of an idea, a parenting idea. It's an interesting way to think about it. Is there is there some sometimes small thing that would just work in your family and make a difference? So over the last several weeks uh, in our in our column at the Deseret News newspaper in Salt Lake City we've been we've been writing these top 10 parenting ideas one at a time and we finished that series and so now um, there's a website on valuesparenting.com where there's a little blog and it and it's a summary of the top 10 parenting ideas and they're listed there and each one is clickable each one of them's a link which you can click on and then it'll go to an expanded version or overview or explanation of what that idea is. And I think uh, BYU Radio will have that link on, on its site. Uh, we, we, know they show. Will. we know yeah. they will. And so you can get to it from there. Um, we know you've had lots of ideas too, and, and we eventually will add some things to this mix, but these are the ones that really work for us. So we're going to, we're going to start out in this first half of the show, just by reading you this list. And then in the second half of the show, we'll have time to just get in a little bit to some of the 10 ideas, knowing that we don't have to cover them exhaustively because you can go to this website. Um, and you can get it right on BYU Radio, and you can click on whichever ones interest you. And the name, let's just read through the names of them. And so, as I look at the list, Linda, some of these ideas are kind of self-explanatory, or at least people, when they hear the name of the idea, they'll say, oh, I kind of know what I, what I think that probably means. And there are others where people may say, what in the world is that? What could that possibly, what could they be talking about on that one? So let's read them every other one just for fun. Um, 
uh, and let's not give an explanation with them now, and then we'll come back and touch on some of them. So uh, I'll read the preface, and then I'll read the first one, and you go you go from there. Um, the little preface says, during the last few months, we've been blogging about what we consider to be the 10 best parenting ideas we've come across during our three decades, that makes me feel tired, honey, of writing to <laughs> and speaking with parents throughout the world. So as the new year begins, we thought it would be cool to send you a quick access to these 10 ideas by listing their links. They're in no particular order, not necessarily number one is better than number 10, and you would probably be well advised not to try all of them at once. Instead, read or skim through them and pick the ones that you need right now and that you think and feel would resonate within your own unique family. So idea number one, the repenting bench. And number two, the ancestor storybook. Idea number three, the decisions in advance list. Number four, the family bank and the family economy. Idea number five, refined family traditions. Number six, the family vision statement. Number seven, the five facet review. Number eight, mommy dates and daddy dates. Idea number nine, the family value of the month. And number 10, a secret code for better family communication. Now that might blow your mind, but as we were reading them, I thought, well, some people will be, you know, some of those will be sort of self-explanatory. Others are like, what in the world? Well, you know, this would, you know, the uh, vision statement be, or the family bank, or whatever. But I like this idea just because, I mean, the whole idea, because often when we give speeches, even <clears throat> seminars for an hour and a half or two hours, we give them all these ideas, and then it just boggles their mind because there's so much to do. And here you can just pick one at a time, take a month or two months to work, work it out and then go to the next one. We used to do that more than we, we, we've learned our lesson that if we, if we're giving a speech or whatever, and we throw out too many things, the, the predictable result is guilt. In fact, we've thought of a little formula that if you if you tell people what to do and you tell them why they should do it, but you don't tell them how to do it, then it that, produces that's guilt. what produces guilt. So so we're, we kind of feel emboldened in talking about these as an overview because we're not sure which of them will interest any given parent. And so it's your option to go to this list and click on the one you think might appeal to you and then read all about it. Read several pages of explanation of how to do it or how to set it up or whatever. So our whole purpose on the show today is just to give you like the briefest overview of what each idea is so that you'll be able to pick the ones that you think might be relevant to your family right now. And I should say, Linda, that a lot of these are, you might say, well, why do you call it the top 10? Well, Believe me, there are hundreds of good parenting ideas, and some of them are very specific, and some of them are, are designed to meet it and solve a particular problem. But I think we're not just picking these because they appeal to us. We, we've sort of tried to pick the ones that we have seen work in, in families and that we think are generally applicable to all families. 
these are, in other words, these are, there's, there's not one idea here that you say, well, that would only work with a family that has one child and yeah, right. the child's eight years old, that they would work for every family. So we're going to give you just a little taste of what we're going to do. We're certainly not going to try and get through all of these today, just maybe a, two or three of them to give you a taste of what we're talking about. The first one is called the repenting bench. And uh, actually, we started. Should we take a break and then hit and then come back and go through them all? What do you think? Go ahead. Go do the repenting well, bench as a as a as a teaser. Well, yeah. Let's just introduce okay. it for a second. We'll have too much time. We don't have enough time to follow up on it. But um, this is just a bench that, or it can be two chairs, or it can be the top step, or somewhere where two kids can go when they've had an argument. And um, Instead of you being the referee trying to decide who is right, who is wrong, and so on, we have found this is like magic. And you have to set it up in a family meeting and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to work. Anytime there's a fight or a conflict, the two people who are in that conflict go to that bench. The only way to get off the bench is to tell what you did wrong and apologize for it. Yeah, well, we'll give you a little more details in a minute. We hope that's just a teaser enough that you'll hang on. And we'll be right back. We'll in take a break. We'll be right back with ideas two through ten. Iyer's on the road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna take these alternatively, Linda, and I'm gonna challenge you to a competition. I bet. The ones that I overview, I can do each one in less than a minute. And I'll bet you take more than a minute on each one. <laughs> I bet it's the other <laughs> way around. Uh, you listeners know how that goes with us. <laughs> okay, here we go. Watch your watch, Linda. Idea number two is the ancestor storybook. We've found that when families have a narrative and when the kids know about their grandparents and their great-grandparents, the kids, the children, become more resilient and more secure and have an identity larger than themselves. So this is an expansive idea about how to set up a family tree and how to write a special little children's storybook containing true but written in children's language stories about ancestors. I invite you to find out more about that idea when you go online. That's idea number two. Which took a lot longer than no, a minute. No, one minute. Okay, so the second, the third one is decisions in advance. How to teach kids to make decisions in advance. Um, we think that it is such a fun idea to give a child, we, we gave our kids a special journal with their name engraved on the front, then we had them turn to the last page and t put a title, which is Decisions I Have Made in Advance. Then you help them figure out what they can decide right now and what they can't decide right now. Like they can't decide how many kids they want to have, but they can decide that they're never going to smoke and give them those some examples and then just play with it a little bit and have them talk about what they can decide right now. Even if they're 10 years old, they can still decide. And it is pretty amazing the power this is if you turn it over to your children, their decisions. And, you know, you don't need to do, do a whole, whole lot. We had maybe eight or ten that our kids did. But it really is fun to see them take responsibility for their decisions. Sign it, date it, seal it, and after they've thought about it and decided it's their decision. Good job. You overviewed that in exactly a minute. That's awesome. Idea number four, the family bank and the family economy. 
Entitlement attitudes are the biggest problem in parenting today and in families. And this is a way to overcome that by getting rid of allowances and money handouts and buying kids everything they want. And instead, setting up a little economy in the family where kids have certain tasks to do and they have an organized way to keep track of those tasks. And each time they complete one, it translates into a point which translates into money on Saturday when you have the family payday. And then kids have a deposit in a family bank. They have little checkbooks that they can take money out of the bank with. They begin to buy a lot of their own things rather than asking you for them. And they begin to learn the value of money. They begin to learn how to budget. They begin to learn how to save and even how to give, how to pay tithing and so on. We love the idea number four of the family bank and the family economy. Boom, one minute. All right. I thought we were not going to try and get through all these today, but wow, we're, we're progressing right on. I was going to give you just an idea of each just one. Just a snippet. Um, refined family values is number five. Right, number five, refined family. Traditions, sorry, traditions. <laughs> refined family traditions. Um, boy, you all have a lot of traditions and some that you're not even aware of. Just a family dinner on Sunday afternoon is a tradition, but we've found that if you have formal traditions that you do with your kids that actually they will look back on and remember and it it's more powerful than we can imagine because it's kind of the glue that holds the family together not just thanksgiving and christmas easter traditions and so on but we decided we needed birthday traditions so we set up a deal where there was specific thing we did on each child's birthday probably the most famous one is uh, the jumping in the leaves that we do on Richard's birthday on October 28th. But that's snowballed and snowballed and become something that everybody looks forward to this day. To this day, our children and our grandchildren are jumping in the leaves wherever they are, and they are all over the world right now. It's amazing what traditions can do for your family. Good job. That was one minute, and you'll read a lot more about how to refine and make your family traditions more values-driven. That's the key to it. <clears throat> okay, idea number six, the family vision statement. Companies and, and most organizations these days have some kind of a mission statement or a vision statement where all of the employees have been involved in constructing a clear idea of what that company or that organization is all about. So everyone feels ownership in it. Everyone feels skin in the game. Families should do that as well. And if you undertake to create a family vision statement, if the kids are really involved in that, what should our family be? What's our family all about? What should we rely on our family for? How should our family work? How should we deal with each other in our family and try to write all that down and then funnel it down into a clear little statement. Ours ended up being broaden and contribute, just three words. But that little exercise can bring your family together and create a unity and an identity that can be very, very powerful in the world. So that's idea number six, the family vision statement. All right, the number seven is the five facet review. And if you've been listening to us for a long time, you've probably heard us talk about this. Um, when our kids were all home, we went out once a month, um, usually on a Friday night, out to dinner, and we had a little notebook and nothing else. Just the that two was of distracting, us, not, not with just the, kids. the two of us. 
And we talked about the kids uh, one by one and the five facets of their lives and how they were doing. And it was pretty amazing and pretty eye-opening and startling when you do it with the fine tooth comb. You might think, wow, you had nine kids and you had, you know, five facets for each one. You must have gone to a Chinese restaurant with 45 courses, but no, not really. I mean, we had a little notebook. I assigned Richard to read with a child who was struggling once in a while or uh, help with something. Actually, dads are great problem solvers. This is a great time to get these dads involved in, in the solutions for what your kids need right now in their lives. So it's physical, social, mental, emotional, spiritual. Five things. Go to the website if you want to follow up. And the idea is having a notebook and writing down those things and doing it every month, that five facet review. So that's idea number seven. Idea number eight, probably one that is the least mysterious, mommy dates and daddy dates. We really believe and, and we've found in research and in watching families all these years that parenting is not something you do collectively. It's not a matter of how many meetings you have with the kids or how many discussions where everyone's involved. All those things are important, but the real rubber meets the road. The real parenting gets done one on one. And when there are mo we, this, the funnest and sort of simplest way to accomplish <laughs> that is to have regular mommy dates and daddy dates, one parent, one child doing something together. Some parents do this as uh, our daughter likes to take her uh, kids out of school one at a time during the lunch hour and go to lunch with them and really talk and really get to know that person. Other people will say on a certain day to the child, it's your daddy date. You can decide where you want to go. I'm yours for the evening. We're together, just the two of us. And it's those sort of one-on-one -on -one daddy dates and mommy dates where the real growth and relationship between a parent and a child begins to form. So that's idea number eight, mommy dates and daddy dates. Lots more detail when you click this link. And idea number nine, the family value of the month. We realized early on that just teaching children values is hard stuff. There's so many values and there's so many things you need to teach them. If you don't break it down into doing one a month and knowing what that clear value is that you're teaching, it just maybe doesn't happen. I mean, obviously, they learn good things by just watching you live your life. But boy, you only have those kids for a few minutes in, in essence of the big picture. And it's so important to focus on specific values. So we always started with honesty and then went to courage and self-reliance and on and on and on. There are 12 values. And if you just concentrate on one a month, even if it's just a sign on the fridge and you talk about at dinner, how did, what did you notice um, about honesty today? Did anything happen in your life? It's pretty amazing what the kids can come up with. If you're just focusing on one value a month, this came from a long, a book we wrote a long time ago and uh, which shot to number one on the New York Times bestseller list because of Oprah. Because of Oprah. So the idea there, I mean, the, simply focusing on one value and nothing else almost makes it teach itself. Okay. And okay. last but not least, yeah. idea number 10, a secret code for better family communication. Many years ago, we were asked by our publisher, McGraw-Hill at the time, to, to try to do a book on family communication. And we didn't want, and there's so many books on that. The last thing we wanted was another book on family communication. 
we talked to some friends and we came up with the idea of having a, an animal-based, a nature-based secret code where certain animals would, would typify and sort of symbolize a particular kind of good communication. For example, a whale, humpback whales always listen to each other and they don't interrupt each other and they sing rather than yell and so on. So there's, there's nine different animals and each one symbolizes a kind of communication you want. And you put the pictures of those animals up in your home. And when a child is misbehaving, instead of a big lecture or a big criticism, you say, oh, you're not behaving like the whale. Whale becomes the signal word. Or if they're criticizing each other, pulling each other down, crab. So each of the 12 symbolizes a desired form of communication. And we think it works. We know it works. So it's idea number 10 on the list. We did it, Linda. We still have three more minutes, and we, we, we looked topically at all 10 of the top 10 ideas. That's pretty amazing, and we hope that something there piqued your interest and that you'll want to go on that on actually BYU Radio and uh, click on that. See, there's a lot of detail on each one of those. See what works for you right now and your family. There. So, so here's what will happen. If you click on, if you go to... Uh, the, the BYU radio website will bring you to the values parenting website and you'll see these top 10 and they'll all be in blue. So you can click on each one. And when you go to it, it'll give you like a, a big overview. Now here's a caution. Uh, like I said at the beginning, don't, don't fall prey to the parental guilt. Don't say, wow, there's so many good ideas and I've not tried hardly any of them and I must be a bad parent. And I, I don't do all the things I should, and I'm just overwhelmed anyway, just trying to keep my head above water. Don't fall prey to that. Instead, say, well, let me review some of these, and if there's one there that would really help our family right now, that's the one we'll concentrate on, and we'll try to make it work in a positive way. And then maybe later we'll get to one of the other ideas. You'll know where they are, and you'll know you can access them at any time. Well, we want to close by just saying parenting is quite a deal. It is pretty amazing when we see our kids now struggling with their 29 children. It's pretty incredible to know um, what not only how important it is, but what a difference it makes if you really do it. And it doesn't matter if you do these or your own ideas. If you do it with the thought in mind that we want to do the best we can with our kids while they're home and match their personalities. Yeah, if you're deliberate about it. And yeah, be deliberate and and think what can I do to really help my children become who they're supposed to be? Help them learn and grow and understand things and so sometimes we just get stuck with locker soccer and music <laughs> lessons and, locker. and lockers <laughs> at school and all kinds of stuff like that. We just think it's so important to focus on things that will really make a difference in the long run in their lives. And it's kind of proactivity. If you approach it proactively with good ideas that you're excited to try instead of defensively and reactively, parenting can be fun. fun. Enjoy so, the week. And we'll talk to you from England next week. Bye-bye. Um, Fires on the road. See you then. 